Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. 
Can you feel it in the air? And ask Dr. Jesse Friday. It's going to be so much fun today. It's just absurd how much fun we're going to have here on the Jesse Kelly Show. As promised, this is going to be a different day. You know I've been cutting down the guests steadily. You know how many we have today? None. You get three hours of nothing but me, making you maybe the luckiest person in the history of the world, Chris. Ha, 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 ha. 877-377-4373. Jesse at show.com. We have, well, here's where we're going today. Height. We're going to talk about height for men. We're going to talk about the best heights for women. Let's make sure we offend everybody under the sun. We have an alternate history scenario where Hitler doesn't hate Jews. We have to prevent the assassination of a list of historical figures. We can only pick one. I'm going to pick one and it'll upset everybody. We have a question about should this gentleman leave his job or not? And your kids, do you want them going to school with, quote, troubled kids? Should you want them going to school with troubled kids? All that is today, and there's a lot more than that on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I have a humongous stack of emails here, and I'm going to try to churn through all of them just as soon as I'm done going back in history a little bit. Now, let's go back to a little place called Cuba. It's still around, from what I understand. I'm a bit, of a, a bit of a geographer. It's still around. But back in 1898, there was something called the Spanish-American War. And the Spanish-American War was not fought in Spain. It was fought in Cuba. Spain had controlled Cuba prior to that. Spain was, by this point in time, in a it nosedive doesn't even do justice to what their empire was doing. At one point, Spain was just so absurdly rich and powerful. And man, talk about a fall from grace. They just lost it all in the course of like 100 years. This lost it all. And Cuba was one of the final ones. We were a rising empire. We were not what we are today, but we were a rising empire. Got ourselves involved in Cuba. Kicked the Spanish out. The Cuban people were very much chafing under Spanish rule. Boom, get lost, Spain. This is, well, this is our place now. See, it was one of those funny things where the Cubans thought they were fighting against Spain because we should rule ourselves. Oh, oh, the Americans are staying. Oh, that kind of sucks. Now, all occupation, all colonization is not the same, as I have explained a thousand times on this show. Uh, they're an evil colonizer. Why? Some colonization's great. It has really helped pull some places, some areas, some peoples out of terrible poverty, backwards medical conditions, horrible infrastructure. Colonization has modernized and saved a lot of lives. A lot of lives. All colonization is not the same. If you don't believe me, 
Go ask somebody who's about 100 years old in the Philippines what it was like when America was in charge versus what it was like after Bataan when the Japanese came over and took over. Yeah, when America was in charge, okay, we're kind of inconvenienced by the army convoy that just drove by, and our governor, he really seems to be just doing the things America wants. That kind of sucks, but oh well, running water, this is awesome. Oh, the Japanese are in charge? Yeah, I just lost my daughter. She's now a comfort woman for the Japanese army. All colonization is not the same. The Spanish, when they were in charge of Cuba, they were not doing things well. When we, air fingers quote, took over Cuba, we were pretty soft. Now, not totally soft, but pretty soft. What do I mean by that? Well, the guy who's going to be running your show now, Cuba, he's going to be our guy. You're not going to have somebody in there who's hostile to American interests. That's one. Two, because you're poor. And they were, because you'd been under Spanish rule forever, and that just wasn't modern enough. Because you and your people are poor, well, this is actually a really nice island. I mean, it seems tropical and everything. We're going to go ahead, and our businesses are going to come in, and they're going to buy up large parts of this place. We're going to buy up critical industry you have, like sugar. Cuba was huge on sugar. We're going to buy up, ooh, that beach is really, really nice. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and buy all this beachfront property because I think I want some hotels on it where American tourists would like to come down and lounge on a beach and sip on a Mai Tai and maybe date a Cuban woman for a week or two. So American businesses start buying up big portions of Cuba. We were really, we were really running things there, but they had their own government. Eventually, they get to a man named Batista. He is running over. He is, he is, he's the man in charge of Cuba. And this is really where we screwed up. Where we screwed up was Batista. And this happens a lot when you have colonized a place. Batista was our guy, but Batista was an absolute disaster. He was horribly corrupt, not a good man, not a good president. He just was a bad guy. But Because he was our guy, we didn't kick him out. And by this point in time, the Cuban people, who were always a proud people, I mean, they fought like lions beside us in that Spanish-American war, quitted themselves very well. By this point in time, the Cuban people have about had enough. And in the countryside, there is a fiery, wildly charismatic lawyer who's speaking out against the Cuban government speaking out against it being corrupt, speaking out against it being a puppet of the Americans, speaking out against the fact all these Cubans are poor and we have all these wealthy natural resources. The Americans are stealing them. And that man's name was Fidel Castro. Maybe you have heard of him. Yes, I know, Chris. I know. Not exactly our, not exactly our guy. Nevertheless, we're giving credit where it's due. He is charismatic, to put it mildly. He is gaining a following and gaining a following and gaining a following. And this is always easier when the people are unhappy. Remember, remember, nobody will ever, ever, ever accept communism, ever, unless they are miserable first. 
you must either find miserable people or, in the case of what we have now in the United States of America, find people who should be happy and make them miserable. That is, and this, you should always keep this in mind, that is the goal of the cultural Marxist here in America today. That's why everywhere you turn, it's, that's racist, he's racist, you're racist, everything's racist, that's sexist, he hates women, this is misogynistic, women are held down. That's what, It's a constant state of agitation for a reason. You must have an agitated, miserable people before they will ever accept a disgusting, demonic religion like communism. You must. In Cuba, Fidel didn't exactly have to work for it. The people were already unhappy, and that is prime ground for a rebel leader like Castro. Now, I do have to clarify, Castro wasn't really, as a rebel early on right now when he's gaining this following, He's not out there selling communism. There's an argument he wasn't even a communist at this time, and we will get to that in just a moment. We're going to get through our story today. We have no guests, nothing but you and me on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Hang on. stocky follow like and subscribe on social at jesse kelly dc jake's mint chew helps you quit what does it help you quit well i'll be honest with you i mean it helps you quit dipping but i am shocked absolutely shocked at how many emails i continue to get that tell me hey jesse i know this is supposed to be for people quitting dipping i'm using it to quit smoking and it's working you see, Jake's Mint Chew has 11 different flavors of Long Cut, but they also have four different flavors of the CBD pouches, and these things take the edge off, and anyone who's tried to quit dipping or smoking will tell you it's the edge that gets you. It's the edge that drags you back in. You last half a day, and then you're snapping at people. Go to jakesmintchew.com. Get yourself the right tool to quit. It's all about the tool. JakesMintChew.com. That's JakesMintChew.com. Use the promo code JESSE for 20% off. What is the best height for a man? What's the best height for a woman? We are going to go over that. We're going to go over stopping historical assassinations, leaving your job, and so many other cool things on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday here on the Jesse Kelly Show. Do not forget, you can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. I'm also on Locals. That's the one I can't be kicked off of. Back to Cuba while we finish our story here. Batista is a bad guy, a corrupt guy, a crappy president, but he was our president. Castro is a rebel. Castro is gaining such a following 
that he essentially is just taking control of large parts of the country. And then by 1959, Batista just gets on a plane and leaves. It's over. Castro runs things now. Now remember, we don't know that Castro was a hardcore communist yet. America definitely didn't know quite yet. We weren't sure what to make of him yet. We, we obviously wanted Batista. He was our guy. But, hey, maybe, maybe Castro will be our guy too. And one of the first things he does is, hey, that military base you have here in Guantanamo Bay, yeah, you can, have, you can keep that. That's fine. So, all right, we're like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe he won't be that bad. Uh-oh, that lasted about five minutes and he became that bad. He begins seizing nationalizing instantly the huge industries of Cuba, ones where we had major, major, major American interests, not just because America wanted the products, but because wealthy, powerful American businessmen owned those businesses, and now they're gone. And picture, picture what that would be like. I mean, isn't it crazy to think that this is how people have lived their lives and still live their lives? You have a, a, You have $100,000. And you go down to Mexico and you take your $100,000 and you buy a a pharmacy. And it's making money and it's always made money. Been there for 10, 15 years making money on it. Life is good. And then, boom, government steps in. It's our pharmacy now. And you just have nothing. And you have no legal recourse. It's not even your country. You have nothing. This causes huge Huge waves in the United States of America, not just with the businessmen, but with the mafia as well. Yes, we do have to bring up this part because it was enormous. The mafia, they were making an absolute fortune in Cuba because they had put up a bunch of casino hotels down there. I mean, straight out of Las Vegas casino hotels. They were supposed to be a blast, an absolute blast. And they had musical acts. You, know, you got a bunch of dancing girls and some blackjack and fancy rooms, and it's it, it's straight out of Las Vegas and making a fortune. Castro comes in, kicks them all out, and takes all that stuff from them, which is part of the reason why, and this is actually not part of our story today, part of the reason why the CIA approached the mafia to help them assassinate Castro, and the mafia was more than happy to try to participate They all wanted the guy dead. It actually is pretty impressive. We never got the guy considering how many people wanted him dead. But let's continue on with our story. Now we're mad. Now we're really mad. And Castro has money. Not a ton. He doesn't have endless supplies of it. But there's there's wealth. There's industry in Cuba. He didn't take over some absolute dump. He's got stuff there. He has money. He is feeling a little threatened. And he's kind of a militaristic guy anyway, so he starts buying up weapons. Not just a couple pistols either. He's even buying armor. Well, you can't just go down to the local tank shop and buy armor. You have to buy that stuff from somebody. Castro finds a more than willing seller in the Soviet Union. We are in the heart of the Cold War We are rapidly against communism in the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union is being very, very aggressive. We are being very, very aggressive. 
This is an ideological war for the world. Both sides are under the impression that it is an ideological war for the world. And looking at how things turned out now, considering the communists took over virtually everything, it's hard to say they were wrong. But the Soviet Union had no foothold whatsoever in the Western Hemisphere. It was was mainly, look, remember, and we're going to talk about this a couple times today, and we always talk about it during the Cold War. Obviously, I'm rapidly American, patriotic, and think communism is the worst freaking thing in the history of mankind. However, always remember this during the Cold War. Whenever someone brings up the Cold War for you, you talk to a Soviet, read anything written by the Soviet generals and leaders and things back then. They thought we were being very aggressive and very belligerent. And when you hear their justification for it, they're not necessarily wrong. We had way more nukes than they did, and we're yelling about them building a new one, and they're all, you have tons! What do you mean? You're the one being aggressive. Well, you yell about the Soviet Union's aggression, and you should because communism's evil. We were the ones all over the Eastern Hemisphere. They had nothing in the Western Hemisphere, nothing. And so they decide they're going to start playing offense, frankly, as they should have. They view Cuba as being ripe for them. Can you imagine? We can get a foothold in the Western Hemisphere. We can try to take down those dirty capitalist dogs. And the foothold can be right off the coast of America. What a gigantic double middle finger that is to America. So the Soviets are looking at this, and they start licking their chops. Khrushchev is in charge of the Soviets at this time, and he starts to aggressively flirt with Fidel Castro. Castro, uh, a lot of these uh, Central South America, a lot of the Latin dictators, even the communist ones that rose up were like this to their credit. Castro was his own man, though. He wasn't some Soviet lackey at this point. History paints him as that already, and you could argue he eventually turns out to be that. But at this point, he's his own guy. He doesn't want to be run by anybody. He's very much a Cuba for Cubans kind of a thing. But Castro starts to flirt with him. And the Cold War starts ramping up and ramping up and ramping up. Now, Dwight Eisenhower is the president. Maybe you've heard of him. And the head of the CIA at that time is a man named Alan Dulles. You don't have to worry about remembering that name. You know, I don't give you too many names. You can remember it, though. Whenever you hear about Dulles Airport, that's who it's named after, the, the, the CIA guy at the time. So there's a little water cooler trivia for you today. He's the CIA chief, and he presents Eisenhower with a plan. What's this plan? Well, here's our plan to murder Fidel Castro. That's what the plan was. Now, we had to be delicate about it. We can't just take a bunch of Marine battalions and storm the shores of Cuba and go knock on the presidential palace doors of Cuba and fire a bullet into the back of the head of Fidel Castro. That is way against international law at this time. And the America versus Soviet Union thing had a huge aspect to it that is not talked about enough. A propaganda aspect to it. Everybody, not only were we trying to make sure the communists couldn't succeed, we were trying to look like the good guy to the whole world. 
and make them out to be the bad guy. And they're doing the same thing to us. We're the good guy. America's the bad guy. Well, if you're the United States of America and you decide to go down and openly assassinate the leader of a nation, tough to, play, tough to paint a pretty face on that now, isn't it? Alan Dulles had a plan. A dumb plan, but still a really cool plan. And we're going to discuss it in detail next. Hey, Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey. Why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. It is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I'm so excited to insult everybody when we discuss the best heights. And I will, look, spoiler alert, just a little spoiler alert when we get to your Ask Dr. Jesse question about height, I'm not going to say mine is the best. Now, I personally am the best. But my height, not the best. I will explain the best heights for men and the best heights for women. Let's try to wrap up our story here. Alan Dulles, CIA chief, goes to President Eisenhower and presents him with a plan to kill Castro. We can't do this overtly. We are in the middle of a propaganda war uh, with the Soviet Union for the rest of the world to decide who they'd rather be. And the Soviet Union, because they're dirty, disgusting communists, are not exactly ahead in the game at this point in time because communists can't help themselves. They take over a place, they pull people's fingernails out and murder everybody. So they're getting some bad press and earning every single page of it by now. The plan is this. Why don't we recruit a bunch of Cuban exiles? Because when Castro took over, not everybody was all, oh, Castro, I love you. There were a bunch of people who took off out of Cuba who hated his guts. The CIA plan was let's recruit a bunch of these people, train them to be fighters, have them, Cubans, go back into Cuba, storm the beaches. By then, the people who surely all hate Castro will rise up, kill him, and then we can have our Cuba back. Casinos, sugar industry, everything else. Eisenhower likes this plan. 
Eisenhower gives it the go. They go down and they find some Cubans. And then as now, where would you find some Cubans if you're looking for some in America? Yep, they went to Miami. They went to Miami because there are Cubans all over the freaking place down there. And they find 1,400 of them. Now, I don't want you to be under the impression they find 1,400 former Cuban military guys. They do not. But they do find some brave, honestly, patriotic Cubans. I don't think enough is said about these Cuban exiles who are recruited for the hard work and bravery they put in here. They find college students, uh, doctors, farmers, just patriotic Cubans, and they say, come with us. We are going to train you to be guerrilla fighters, soldiers. And remember I said there were 1,400? Just a little side note. They gave them serial numbers, but they gave them higher serial numbers, so if they were ever caught, the Cubans wouldn't know how many there were. There were only 1,400 of them, and they're telling this guy, hey, your serial number is 2,500. You know, they don't, they don't want the Cubans to know how many there are. But they give them serial numbers, and they take them to the Everglades, and they begin training. Then eventually they moved, by the way, to Guatemala and Panama. And I mean vicious training. They're training them in infiltration. They're training them in amphibious landing, explosions. They're teaching these guys how to be freaking commandos. And these guys work hard, work really, really hard at this whole thing. And guys are dying during training. One guy slipped off a, a, a mountaintop or something like that in Guatemala, Guatemala and died, and they ended up naming the whole unit after his serial number. This is intense, intense training. Right about this time, Mr. John F. Kennedy takes over as president of the United States. And John F. Kennedy ran a hardcore, hardcore anti-communist campaign. It was funny because Nixon was involved in the, in the training of these exiles. Nixon knew about this plan. Obviously, he was involved in training the exiles. But because it was so top secret, a top secret CIA thing, he wasn't allowed to talk about it on the campaign. And on the campaign, Kennedy painted Nixon as soft on communism and soft on Castro and soft on Cuba. Kennedy ran his campaign as I am the man who is going to take on the dirty commies, and I'm finally going to do something about Fidel Castro. And during this whole campaign, Kennedy knows nothing about this, this plan. He gets elected, sits down in the Oval Office, and CIA chief comes on in and says, Hey, good news, Mr. President. You know all that anti-communist stuff you were talking about? Guess what we have going on? Kennedy's jaw drops. He's like, no way. Really? Well, that worked out pretty well. Let's do it. The plan is this. The initial plan is this. And even this is, it's just hard to imagine this is this could ever have worked. But the plan was to land 750 of these guys on the Cuban beaches. The plan is also to have a false landing one place, uh, some parachute, some guys parachuting in another place, and American planes bombing a couple places, reinforcing this whole thing. That was the initial plan. And the plan involves the people rising up, the Cuban military rising up, the people in the streets rising up. Surely they all hate Castro as much as we hate Castro. 
What do they say about assuming? What do they say about it? So Kennedy's brother takes over operations. And Kennedy hasn't really given the green light for this whole thing to go yet until he gets word that the Soviets are selling warplanes to Cuba. And for Kennedy, that's a bridge too far. So he says go. The CIA, it's almost comical to talk about now. Again, we can't be seen doing this. This is supposed to all be secret, right? But we want to drop bombs on them. So what do we do? We take our B-26 bombers and we paint Cuban flags on them. And we train these exiles, these Cuban exiles to fly them. So yeah, it's my plane. And sure, it's taking off from Florida, but definitely not us. Look at these Cuban markings. Hey, that's a Cuban in the cockpit. Guy hardly speaks English. Don't look at me. They drop some bombs on Cuba. This creates an international incident. You can go on YouTube today and see the video of this. The Cuban ambassador on television screaming at us after this B-26 dropped some bombs on Cuba saying, you did this. This, this, You're bombing us. This is an invasion. What are you doing? And remember, we can't be seen doing this at all. And America looks kind of crappy. We do. We look crappy internationally. It looks like we're, be, we're interfering in their affairs, which, of course, we were. And this also, this, this initial bombing, it wakes Castro up. Castro, a fiery speaker anyway, gets on the microphone, gets on the radio, and he rallies his very proud Cuban people and says, these dirty Americans are coming down here to murder every one of you and take over our whole country. And Castro gets the whole country mobilized. Well, Kennedy, again, this is early in his presidency, and it's tough for a president to withstand this kind of heat anyway, and Kennedy was a young dude. Kennedy starts getting cold feet about this entire thing. But he doesn't stop the entire thing. He just stops critical parts of the entire thing. Remember those other airstrikes that were supposed to take place simultaneously with the beach landing? Kennedy cancels them. You remember the diversion that was supposed to happen? Kennedy Kennedy cancels them. We had a carrier task force. You know what a carrier task force is? It's a gigantic American aircraft carrier with American fighter planes on it and then a bunch of other sweet naval ships around it. That's called a carrier task force. We had one of these designated to help this invasion. They're essentially told to stand down. They're told to stand down. Oh, no, you can be there. Just don't do anything. I, I know, I know. Chris is cringing and raising his hands. There's, that's not about to get better when I describe the finishing touches of the Bay of Pigs. And then we go to our Ask Dr. Jesse questions next. Hang on. Miss something? There's a pot. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. Subject line says, great bang for the buck. My husband is convinced it helped his allergies. He even gifted to a friend with allergies. 
we had an awful mold problem in the bedroom that I could not seem to control. I cleaned aggressively and plugged in the Eden Pure, and after four months, no mold. Win. That's one of multiple reviews I could be reading you right now about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Listen to me. It kills and prevents the spreading of mold, fungus, mildew anywhere in your house. My eyes don't itch anymore from allergies. I don't sniff anymore. It is that good. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout. That gets you 10 bucks off. Prevent a historical assassination. Only one. Who am I going to pick? I will tell you here in just a minute on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday on the Jesse Kelly Show. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We decide to move forward with the invasion of Cuba. John F. Kennedy, as I told you, Cancels the airstrikes, tells the air tells the carrier task force, uh, sit this one out. But they move forward anyway with 750 men on the beach. I'm still just floored by this. The CIA has some frogmen, some seals, basically. That's what you need to think of them as. They land on the beaches to mark the beaches as, you know, this is, hey, uh, guys, this is where you want to land. Well, they're they're busted right away on the beach because Castro knows everybody's coming because you bombed them ahead of time, and then it was an international incident. It's amazing this went forward. Now there's mass confusion. Finally, the transport boats start arriving with the 750 men who are offloading onto the beach. Castro's sending airstrikes down and bombing the transport boats in the Bay of Pigs. I think some of them might still be there to this day. I think those dirty Cubans... Left them up there to celebrate it, which I don't blame them at all, actually. Left them up there to celebrate it. The Cuban exiles land on the beach. They don't have any task force surrounding them. The The transport ships also announce, the ones who survive also announce, I'm not coming back. Now you're on the beach. You are surrounded. And it's getting worse and worse and worse as the Cubans are pouring in around you, dug in, And they're starting to kill you. How many? Well, we had less than 1,000 on the beach. Castro had 20,000 men surrounding them, armed, heavily armed. The exiles are still under the impression that the task force is going to help, the carrier task force. Nope. The CIA is begging Kennedy. Dude, allow us to do something. Dude, allow airstrikes. Something. Kennedy says, no, not really on the airstrikes. I'll allow you to send a couple of those Cuban-painted B-26s over if you want. They, of course, do the half measures of B-26s. They get blown from the sky. Cuba has anti-aircraft weapons at this time, and they know the B-26s are coming. It ends very quickly. The exiles surrender 
They're all promptly given 30 years in a Cuban prison. JFK, to his credit, though, eventually gets them out of prison in 1962, although he had to pay Castro in mass quantities of food, and I believe it was medical supplies to get them out. It ends, the Bay of Pig disaster ends with JFK having a huge amount of egg on his face, Fidel Castro being stronger than ever, and the Soviet Union now realizing we have something with this guy here and America looks terrible and we can exploit it. The problems really, really compound on themselves when you go half measures on anything in life. I'm going to kind of do this, but not really. I'm going to stay, but slowly back away. Half measures are what finishes people all the time. Either invade or don't invade. Don't half invade. Don't half invade. Do you want to know why we've taken such a beating culturally? Why we've taken such a beating on the right over and over and over again? Because we are the side of half measures. And they are the side of all or nothing. That's how a tiny cultural Marxist minority became totally in control of every single American cultural institution. The right is constantly surrendering ground. No, okay, you can have a little. Oh, you want you want to spend $2 trillion? That's outrageous. We don't have any of that money. How about just $800 billion? Does the left ever do that? Nope. The left is constantly shifting the Overton window. Asking for everything underneath the sun. I'm going to pack the Supreme Court. We're going to eliminate the Electoral College. We're going to take all your guns. We're going to spend $4 trillion. We're going to search the border. We're going to t- They're taking everything. Are they going to get everything? No. But they don't have to get everything to get a win. What are we taking? What did we take? We had the House, Senate, and Presidency for two solid years. We got a couple tax cuts. Anything else? Anything else? That's the difference in mentality. That's what you and I have to work to adjust going forward. Because what we're doing now, it's our own Bay of Pigs. It only ends one way. Stevie Wonder could see this coming. What, Chris? It's fine. We can make jokes. It's time for an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, and it's going to be a blast No guests, just me. Buckle up. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. 
Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Do not forget if you miss any part of the Jesse Kelly Show. You can catch the whole thing as soon as it's done. Chris puts up the podcast. It's on iArt. It's on Google. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. We have new reviews on iTunes that we will be talking about today. Remember, leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. There are over 700 of them now, and maybe the greatest pleasure I get in life is when a relative or friend who doesn't listen to the show checks out the reviews on iTunes and texts me and says, have you seen these reviews? I thought it was a radio show. Why are they all talking about your handsomeness? I don't understand. (laughs) That's why it's funny. All right, I'm a bad person. It's time. What's a good height for men and women? I'll tell you. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. You said you wanted to know how to get Capone. Do you really want to get him? You see what I'm saying? What are you prepared to do? Everything within the law. And then what are you prepared to do? If you open the ball on these people, Mr. Nash, you must be prepared to go all the way. Because they won't give up the fight until one of you is dead. I want to get Capone. I don't know how to get him. You want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. Oh, yes, it is the Jesse Kelly Show. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. We now have two hours of show left with no guests. There's no guests. There's nothing but your fat stack of questions sitting before me. It is time for me to break down the tough issues for you new listeners. 
877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. For you new listeners, every single show, every single show, without fail, we open with a history story of some kind. Sometimes it's American history, sometimes it's world history, sometimes it's 1960s like today, sometimes it's 1600 years before Christ and everything in between. We do that, then we talk politics, then I get distracted and tells different stories and tell random thoughts I have about things like chili cheese Fritos. We do this all week long, but on Friday... Friday is dedicated to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. I went to almost three years of community college, so I'm more than qualified to solve all the world's problems, problems like this one. Dr. J. Steele Kelly, shogun of all that is tall. Chris, years ago, I saw you post a put on, all right, sometimes the grammar isn't that great, whatever. My people drink a little. I saw you post on Twitter concerning the importance of height. You listed various heights for men and women and what it means for their placement in society. I had not been able to go back and find that all-important tweet. As a fellow fairly tall person, I'm 6'5", buddy, you're tall. I feel this information is critical for our society to understand to ensure the future properly ordered progress of America. Please break this down for us again. I've been a huge fan since before you started Jesse Kelly brief. Please bring it back. He said, please use his name. That's Tim Gordon in Tampa, Florida. Do you remember Jesse Kelly brief, Chris? First of all, it was the best for those, for those who never knew it. These, these videos are still on YouTube and uh, you know what? Let me get distracted for a moment. When I was a sales manager, I was selling RVs and I was getting more active on social media and my mentor, Michael Berry, he's this huge nationally syndicated radio host. He lives here in Houston. He gets a hold of one of my posts and wants me to come on his radio show. And I've done a ton of radio and TV because all the congressional run stuff. I get to know Michael Berry. I'm not going to go through the whole story today. He eventually says, I think if you wanted to make a media career run at it, you could be something pretty special. And I wasn't happy doing what I was doing anymore. And I always loved doing radio and TV. So I quit my job once again with no job to replace it and just started trying for it. And I get people asking me all the time, what, how do I start? How do I start? How do I start? How you start is this. Start putting content out there. There are a million and one platforms online now where you can put content out there. Write for somebody, do videos, do something. You know, you know the reason I'm sitting behind this microphone right now talking to all of America and the reason I have a TV show too? These stupid Jesse Kelly briefs. I've got both jobs by people watching me do that. You never know who's watching. Some TV executive somewhere was watching. Some big shot in radio was watching and said, okay, this is freaking great. And all the Jesse Kelly brief was was I was sitting, I would sit at a desk and I recorded them on my phone, and I had this, uh, p- p- this uh, one of those pin boards behind me, and I would uh, put four topics on there every day, and I'd draw something really poorly because my handwriting is a disaster anyway. Either it would be a picture or, or something. I would write it in big magic marker and then pin it to the board behind me. 
and above the board was a two-minute timer. That's why it was called brief, because it was only two minutes no matter what. And I purposely put the timer crooked. It wasn't straight. And people would write in all the time, how can you not see that? Can you please fix the timer? So if you see the videos, you'll see the crooked timer now. And all it would happen was I would start the two-minute countdown, and I would try to rip through the stories as fast as I could. But as soon as the beep happened, you had to stop. And they all sounded something like this. This is Jesse Kelly brief. Before we begin, the Jesse Kelly show is off tonight. We'll be back tomorrow night. Have a big important meeting. I don't need you to wish me luck. It's me. I'm going to kill it. Pope Francis has announced they will convene a summit of church leaders to discuss the Catholic Church and protecting minors. Now, they're not meeting until February, and a lot of people are criticizing them for that, but you can't expect all these Catholic leaders to get together and discuss how they're going to change their ways without letting them celebrate one last Halloween. This is from Rotten Tomatoes. Han Henry Cavill, Cavill, I don't do much research, said he will not be returning to play Superman. One of the reasons they gave is they want to focus on Supergirl. Supergirl, as many people know, is not huge with the public, but it's humongous with that 7 to 15 year old girl demographic. Also, it's huge with the Air Force. <laughs> That's what they sounded like. I had almost forgotten about the music. Did you hear the music in the background? It was as unprofessional as it could be. I didn't even have a speaker, like one of those portable speakers. All I had was my laptop. And the music I downloaded to my laptop. So I just set the laptop close to me and cranked up the volume as much as possible and just played some random song every time. <laughs> Maybe I will bring back Jesse Kelly Brief. I will tell you, I, I don't work hard. Okay, you work hard. I do radio. It's, I've done a lot of really crappy, really hard jobs in my lifetime. Sitting here talking into the microphone is not one of them. And I do TV. I, three hours of radio and an hour of TV every day. That's not hard work. People work really hard out there. That's not hard work. There's somebody listening to my voice right now, cranking out two, three jobs trying to make ends meet. I'm never going to sit Oh, It's backbreaking doing what I do. That's so stupid. I hate when people in my business say that. Have some appreciation for how blessed you are. But I will tell you, I'm probably a little strapped for time to do Jesse Kelly Brief and do it right again. I... I don't know. Maybe I'll start sprinkling it in somewhere, Chris. Maybe I'll start sprinkling it in somewhere because it was fun. All right. Back to the height question. Listen, for dudes, six foot is the number you're going for. Six foot and above. Six foot. Chris likes to say six foot's the perfect height because Jewish producer Chris is six foot. He's, of course, wrong about that. He's just being selfish and arrogant. Six foot is a necessary height in order to call yourself a man. Anything less than that, you're just basically a chick. What, Chris? No, but in all seriousness, 6'4 is the perfect height. At 6'4, you're generally taller than anyone around you. You're going to marry a dime because women love tall dudes. You're going to marry an abs. I've never known a 6'4 guy who was, who was with a homely woman. You're with a dime because you have your pick of the litter. There's that funny, there's that hilarious internet meme out there. About how some guys telling some girl, you should meet my buddy. He's a homeless drug drug addict with no money and all this other stuff, but he's six five. And she just turns and says, Six five, did you say? <laughs> but it's so true. So you want to be about six four. I am six eight. The reason I don't tell you you want to be my height is 
I it went past the point of day-to-day life being comfortable for me because the world isn't made for my height. I'm going to explain what I mean by that, and then I'm going to address you ladies in just a second. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. How does the Eden Pure Thunderstorm work? I mean, it's one thing for me to sit here behind the microphone every single day and tell you that the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, it's not like other air purifiers. It's small. It's quiet. It's mega powerful. It has cured me from allergies. It's one thing for me to tell you it doesn't cover up odors. It eliminates them. But how does it do it? I mean, I'm just telling you what it does, but how? Well, get this. Sonic technology produces super oxygen. It purifies your air the same way nature does after a thunderstorm. That's how it got its name. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm works. I have had air purifiers my whole life. Go get the best one money can buy, and you never even have to replace a filter. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code JESSE at checkout. Gets you 10 bucks off. You're having you fun are. with your family. In the meantime, you're having all kind of other bullshit. Oh, no, no, I'm not drunk. As a matter of fact, well, can you put your mask on. Please? You can go yourself. How's that? Well, I don't need a mask on. You know why I don't need a mask? Because there ain't nothing wrong with me. I like your Trump. Like your Trump you're right. Guess you who do. Trump likes? He likes my dad. Yeah, he do- no, he doesn't like your oh, Trump. He does. Thank you. Thank you. That's our ladies from New Jersey. It should be noted here on the Jesse Kelly show that it was suggested. Well, I should say discussed briefly between Chris and I, whether we should track down the ladies from New Jersey and get them on the show because they don't even realize how absolutely famous we've made them by this point. It's the most requested thing. We've played that thing a thousand times, and I'm never going to stop because it makes me laugh. And then the discussion lasted about five seconds, and we're all, that would probably not be a good idea, right? That would probably not be a good idea. (laughs) All right. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday here. Remember, no guests today, just me. We just addressed height for men. Remember, less than six foot. You're not even a man. Six four, perfect height. You don't necessarily want to be six eight like I am. We're going to get to you in a second, ladies. The world isn't made for me. And I'm not complaining. I mean, gosh, look at me. But you know what, Chris? And I'll say this. I'm not complaining. I am the height God made me. It is what it is. But I... I can't walk in a store and buy pants. Do you have any idea how annoying that is? 
I have to get all my pants online, my shirts. I have to, in general, order my shirts and then make sure they're long enough because otherwise it looks like I'm wearing a belly shirt because I'm so long. Beds. I can hardly sleep on a bed if my feet aren't hanging off. That's how long my feet have hung off the bed in my lifetime. What, Chris? What size bed do I have? I have a freaking king-size bed, Chris, because I'm a king. Chris, there is no bigger bed than a king-size bed. No, there's not. What you're talking about is a California king. A California king is longer, but it's thinner. And again, I have to have my feet hanging off or I basically can't sleep. It's been this way my whole life. Uh, People will notice, they'll point it out, when I walk through doorways, I cock my head to the side. Why? There are doorways out there, many of them, I can't walk through without banging the top of my head on it, which hurts horribly. So instinctively, after 39 years, I walk through a doorway and I cock my head to the side. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying life isn't made for me. If I fly somewhere, you know I'm not exactly a big spender. Now, I'm not Jewish producer Chris, but I'm not exactly a big spender. If I fly somewhere, I pretty much, if it's a long flight, I have to try to get emergency exit rows. And if I can't get those, I have to get a first class seat. I don't like getting a first class seat. I don't need warm cookies and free booze. I, I'm fine with just getting coach. But you'll see me, if you ever see me flying, you'll probably see me in first class. And that's why I don't physically fit in some of the airplane seats. Uh, the Marine Corps. Look, life was not, not easy in the Marine Corps when you're that tall. Nothing's made for you. Even the the fighting holes I talked about. You dig your fighting hole for you. It has to come up to basically your upper chest so you can stand in it and fire out of it. Well, if you're 5'8 and I'm 6'8, I'm doing a lot more digging than you're doing. Like I said, life's just not made for me. Now, that's not complaining. I'm just saying that's why 6'4 is probably more ideal than 6'8. Now, ladies... That brings us to you. The good news is this. Women, I mean, honestly, if you're between 6'2 and 4'8, you're just fine no matter what as a woman. I mean, you don't necessarily have to be a dwarf or a giant, but women can be hot at any height. Women obsess over, and I guess this is big in the fashion industry, how she's so tall She's so tall that look, I love tall women too. I love short women. It just, they're, they're fine. It's not like I'm anti-tall women. No guy cares about height like that. We just do not. We just do not. I will tell you though, it is hilarious. If you're a tall dude and you get with a short girl, it's hilarious watching tall girls stare daggers into her whenever they see her. They're like, oh, there were like three guys that would have fit me on the planet, and this little midget stole one of them. <laughs> Women are terrible to each other. So that's the good news, ladies. You just have to be hot. Height doesn't really matter at all. See? Look, people say I'm misogynistic, Chris. How much nicer could I possibly have been than that? Gosh, all I do is give and give and give. Hello, Sombrero Shogun of Sandals. You mentioned on Twitter how strange it was for Hitler to declare war on America that was preoccupied with Japan, as well as mentioning that Hitler's hatred for Jews blinded him 
and resulted in atrocities committed to civilians in Russia. Let's say there that in an alternate timeline, Hitler has no hatred for Jews and is sane enough to let America focus solely on Japan. America defeats Japan in the Pacific, and Hitler conquers Europe and Russia, throwing Stalin out of power in the process. What does the world look like? Does America decide to take on Germany or vice versa? Should I be upset with this alternate timeline? Without Nazis committing any human rights violations, is there any reason to dislike this version of Germany and Europe? With Stalin gone, communism loses its primary foothold in the world. It's safe to assume that China, Vietnam, and Korea never become communist nations. What say the Shogun? Love the history. Love the show and the history. Thanks for keeping things fun. This is interesting, isn't it, Chris? This is interesting. Look, I meant what I said. I think while it would have been a difficult, vicious campaign, and I could be wrong. This is, look, we're only talking, talking hypotheticals here. I think if Hitler isn't a rabid anti-Semite, I think he wins World War II. I think he takes over the Soviet Union and wins World War II. And this is what I mean by that. He already had continental Europe in his hands, right? He, you know, Poland, France, it was all his. Italy was an ally, granted an ally that was completely useless, so he could have taken over them at will. But he storms into the Soviet Union, and Stalin was hated, obviously, because, well, Stalin was a freaking monster. Stalin was hated by his people, despised. So Hitler could have been accepted as this liberator. You're storming into Soviet cities? Hey, congratulations. You can be, you know what? You can be part of my empire now. Screw this Stalin guy. Things are going to be more free and better under me, Adolf Hitler. But he was such a disgusting racist nutball. He had his Einsatzgruppen, the, the separate group of SS guys, attached to his army units, and their job was just to murder Jews. They would just show, and there are Jews all over Russia. And so they show up, and immediately you're poisoning the well. Immediately you're making yourself hated, despised by the people who live there. So you're const- now you're fighting everybody because they all hate your guts because you're worse than Stalin. Uh, what, look, without his Jew hatred, there's no final solution. There's no Holocaust. Without his Jew hatred, you can make the argument. Hitler gets the atom bomb first. Part of the reason we got the atom bomb was Jewish people from Europe came to America and helped us build it because Hitler was an anti-Semite. We're not done with this quite yet, and we have we have to stop a historical assassination. Hang on. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, 
your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday with no guests, just me. Let's try to wrap up this what if Hitler wasn't racist scenario. I say if he wasn't what he was, I say he wins that war in the Soviet Union. Once he has that, I think they become a trading partner with the United States of America. We were not, remember this, we were never Hitler fans. He, he in the beginning thought we were going to be, and then he found out Americans ain't down with this whole Nazism thing. This is before the final solution. We were all, uh, no, what? And we had, I mean, our biggest immigrant group was, was Germans at that point in time, and our German-Americans were all, who is this nut job? No. So he did not get the warm welcome here he thought he was going to. But if he's the Nazi dictator of all of Europe and Soviet Union, I don't think we jump in that war. Not against him. Britain was a historical ally, but not that close. We weren't brother and sister. We probably are all, hey, Britain, uh, good luck. And we probably start trading with the guy. I'm telling you, I bet we do. But again, the, people have these horrible prejudices. And remember, everybody has prejudice. Every single person does. That's, it's human nature. Maybe it's not a skin color prejudice or a, or a religion prejudice or, or, or whatever. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe, maybe you don't like tall people, short people, fat people, skinny people. Maybe you don't like people from New Jersey or Montana or California, or look, maybe it's maybe you don't like black people, or, or Muslims, or Jews, or Christians, or or white people. Or, people hold some sort of prejudice inside their heart. It's a bad part of human nature, but it is part of human nature. That in and of itself is not the end of the world. When it where it becomes a really, 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 really big deal is when you let it guide your major decision making. It wasn't Hitler's hatred of Jews that doomed him in that war. It was that he chose to act on it, and it guided his every move. It was who he was. You can hate Jews. A bunch of people do. I would argue that's not the greatest position in the world, but okay, you can hate who you want to hate. As long as it doesn't guide your decision-making, you'll be fine. But people let their prejudices rule them, and that's the problem. 
That's the problem. I told you we read the great reviews we get on iTunes. Remember, on iTunes, every show is podcasted after it's done. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review talking about how handsome I am. These ones are good ones, Chris. The what? Our newest ones are good. This one's titled Ego Boost. Just saw your picture. Now I understand why you need the adulation. Love the show and your, your unapologetic frankness. The next one's titled, what, Chris? The next one's titled Handsome Shogun. As someone who loves history, I always enjoy the history segment of the show. His rugged good looks only add to the experience. So far, I've been able to keep the wife from listening, but she will undoubtedly find out soon enough as the show's popularity grows. <laughs> keep up the good work, my commie-hating friend. Special shout-out to the questionably existent Jewish producer, Chris. Chris, once again, people don't think you exist. So let's do this once again where Chris actually says something on air. You ready? Everyone ready? Say something, Chris. See, I told you he was there. This next one. There's only one Jesse Kelly. Wow, what a personality this guy has. It's a total love him or hate him, but he's unafraid to call it as he sees it. I can't always listen to the radio program or watch I'm Right on the first TV, so I download all his podcasts. He's a rising star in conservative media, and man, that is so true. All right, here we go. Time to stop an assassin. You know what? No, we'll get to that one in a minute. I wanted to tackle this one. This is an interesting scenario. Dear Dr. Jesse, I listen to your show regularly and appreciate your take on many things. I often listen to the history lessons with my boys as well. I love that. I have a question for you, though, which is why I'm writing. I am an individual for whom going to college has worked out. I'm an engineer and work for a large multinational firm making six figures and have great benefits. I think my latest job may have worked out a little too well, though. I can work from home all the time if I wish. All of my bosses are in other states, and I find that the work I am given to do, although I do it well, only takes up up 40% of my time, if that. With the other 60% of my time, I hang out with my family, go fishing, and have even taken sailboating lesson. Taken a sailboating lesson. That's cool. I guess my predicament is this. I can't be a net positive for the company's bottom line at this rate and would rather leave this job on my own terms as opposed to being laid off. I've been here about a year, and things have stayed about the same workload-wise. None of my supervisors have indicated any issue with my workload, however. Do I ride this cushy job out or start sending out some resumes? I look forward to your sage advice. And he didn't tell you I can read his name, so I'm not going to. Buddy, hear me out here. You live your life, or I should say, I shouldn't tell people how to live their lives. I live my life from the view of my deathbed. Obviously, don't know how I'm going to die, but I have been by people's deathbeds before. And I've seen the regrets they have expressed and the satisfaction. I have never, ever, ever to this day seen a man on his deathbed who said, Oh, I really wish I'd spent more time at the office. I've never seen it. Now, I'm not telling you not to work hard or whatnot. Work hard. Be ambitious. Work really hard. Be successful. Provide for your family. Yes. But you are getting paid right now, and you are getting time with your family that is 
precious that your family will take to the grave. I've had these periods of time in my life where my workload will go up or go down depending on some things. I did the best I could. I was far from perfect at it to maximize my time with my boys. My boys, you know I'm a bad person. I've never pretended otherwise. But my boys will know their entire life my dad loved me and wanted to spend time with me. They will know it. I don't have any mystery in it. They will absolutely know it. If you're in this job situation of yours, you're doing your job, you're doing it well, just treasure every minute of it. Don't sit around looking at, oh, what if the shoe falls? The shoe might fall. The other shoe might drop on you tomorrow. Sorry, Bob. Your name's not Bob, but sorry, Bob, you're getting laid off. Okay. You're obviously a sharp dude, a successful dude. Sharp, successful people always find something. You'll find something else. Until then, make your money, buddy, and go fishing with your kids. Enjoy every second of it. You don't give up that for anything. This happens to people. I've seen this happen to friends of mine in this business. Because when when you get big enough, you end up making a bunch of money. And I've seen them uh, almost, I'm really sad to admit this, almost every friend I have in this business is miserable. Michael Berry is one of the very few exceptions. And Chris is looking at me weird. Chris, that's how I look at them. They, they, they make a pile of money, and you don't work hard, and all they do is complain. You get, you get them off camera, and all they do is complain about the job they didn't get, and this guy got this TV show, and I thought I should have got the TV show, and oh, I'm only making this. I think I should be making that. And that. Or they'll make a pile of money, and they'll think to themselves, oh, man, someone's, someone's going to come someone's gonna come take my, my job. They might. Dude, sit and enjoy it. I might be off the air tomorrow. If I am, guess what? I enjoyed every minute of the ride. I'll go find something else. Sit back, enjoy your job. It's time to prevent an assassination. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest. And then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council.
also investing $3 billion to states and community-based organizations to th strengthen vaccine confidence in the highest risk and hardest hit communities. And often people uh, think of that as just black and brown communities, and that is not. As you've noted, that is also conservative communities, white evangelicals. It's a range of communities around the country. What we found to be most effective is to work with these local organizations. So faith-based organizations, community health organizations, civic leaders, and others who can really get this message deeply uh, in communities. We've also had a number of our um, members of our COVID team from Dr. Fauci and, uh, and Dr. Collins uh, participate, as an example, participate in a range of media interviews. You know, an example is Dr. Collins participated in the 700 Club. Dr. Nunez-Smith hosted a Faith Leaders Roundtable. Uh, we're also looking for, we've run PSAs on the deadliest catch. We're engaged with NASCAR and Country Music TV. <laughs> I love that. That is, of course, smoking hot White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. <laughs> All right, I'm joking. I'm joking. Kind of hot. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. How are you getting the right-wing people to uh, to wear masks and stuff and get vaccinated? Oh, we're running PSAs on NASCAR and country music and deadliest catch. I love I love what they think of us. It's the best. Well, I, I'm partner. I, I might I might uh, sell one of my cows to go get a TV tomorrow. <laughs> All right. It is the world famous Jesse Kelly show. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Cheetah slash saltwater croc choking, annoying large sobrero wearing master oracle and master chef of the cheeseburger, Dr. J. Steele Kelly. What, Chris? If you could go back in time and stop one assassination, who would you save and why? Julius Caesar, Abraham Lincoln, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, Martin Luther King, JFK. Said I may use his name. His name's Difficult Mike. All right. I would, uh, for me, this is obvious. This is obvious that I would stop the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Archduke Franz Ferdinand, when he was assassinated, his assassination is what kicked off World War I. I, and people argue uh, this with me all the time, and that's fine. I, I'm not saying I'm right, but I argue that World War I was more consequential to changing the entire world order than World War II was. I, w I, I really don't want that war to have ever happened. Now, there was one big powder cake anyway, and the world was already trying to reorder itself in some way. There was so much unrest in Russia. People were unhappy in, in so many places that it was probably inevitable. But if World War I could at all have been stopped, that's the one I would have gone for. Julius Caesar, I mean, Julius Caesar died at the right time. What do I mean by that? He's, here's this incredible human being. I don't care if you hate his guts. Julius Caesar was an amazing human being, a genius, maybe the best general ever, just charisma coming out of his pores, just an incredible human being. But he was at that point where he had achieved total power and was already starting to lose it a little bit like most people who achieve total power. It's not that I wanted him to die. No one, Very few people look at the guys who killed Caesar and say those are the good guys. 
but you can make the argument they were. I say Caesar checked out at the right time. It's our Leonard Skinner theory on the show. Leonard Skinner is, in general, on most people's short list for greatest bands ever. They're many people's number one. Why? Because they slammed a plane into the ground going full speed before they had a chance to get too rich, too famous, too spoiled, and start making crappy music. They died at the right time. Chris Farley's another example of this. And people in my age group love Chris Farley. I I love Chris Farley. And it was terrible. I had a terrible drug problem. And don't do drugs, kids. Had a terrible drug problem. Died early. Way too early. He was already starting to make some really terrible movies. And it was starting to go downhill. What, Chris? Yeah... I, I understand. Look, Chris said I can't knock Beverly Hills Ninja. Look, I watch Beverly Hills Ninja with my kids. I, it's not that good. But you see what I mean? That's that's why I don't worry about Caesar. Abraham Lincoln, I, he had obviously accomplished what he was put on earth to accomplish. I'm not thrilled that John Wilkes Booth fired a bullet in the back of his head. I understand I'm probably going to get some emails from some of my Southern listeners who are thrilled about that fact. Nevertheless, that is, I don't view that as a big problem. Martin Luther King Jr., I would, you could make the argument, his death helped elevate his racial unifying message. He was he was doing great things. I think it helped people rally around his cause. I'm not happy somebody shot John somebody shot him in the face, but what was his name? Was it Henry Lucas? Who shot John? Who shot uh, Martin Luther King Jr.? Chris, don't say it was the CIA. That's not that's we don't do that conspiracy theory stuff. All right, hang on. I'll address the JFK one and then. Should you want your kids to go to school with troubled kids? Hang on. Jake's Mint Chew is the solution if you have a friend or relative you're trying to get to quit dipping or even quit smoking. And let me tell you something, if I can be frank, I understand why you want that friend of yours to quit. I understand why you want the relative of yours to quit. Please don't do that thing that is all too common where you just point a finger and say, you need to quit. Uh, That's bad for you. Don't you know that's bad for you? Uh, You need to quit. Uh, Yes, yes, I know. That's just making you unpleasant to be around. Instead of presenting a problem, present a solution. Present Jake's Mint Chew. Buy them some Jake's Mint Chew. It works. And it's tobacco-free and it's nicotine-free. And it's right there at jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout. That gets you 20% off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We are down to one more hour, and I still have a pile of questions. I'm going to get to them. As far as preventing the historical assassination, you could probably make a better argument for 
the JFK one. Lyndon Johnson was just a disaster. He sucked so bad that uh, the only other one I'd consider besides Archduke Franz Ferdinand was JFK. I don't hate JFK like a lot of people on the right do. I think it's pretty cool. The guy was a war hero. Boat goes down, swims to shore, towing one of his men with his teeth. So I give JFK some props. I understand he had some issues, like the ladies a little too much, but eh, he's a powerful dude. That's what powerful dudes do. All right, we have another hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. Your kids going to school with the troubled kids. Let's talk about it. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. The uh, the fact is is that we're on a good path at the border under leadership of Joe Biden, President Biden. Uh, there is, it's about things. It's about restructuring how we do what is happening there because we were in a very bad situation under the Trump administration. I love her. That is Nancy Pelosi. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877 377 Jesse at Remember this. Nancy Pelosi is the greatest success story in the history of American politics. When you consider how powerful she is, consider that she must be elected. People have to go vote for her. And then consider that she has the most unlikable personality in the history of politics. If you were to make a Disney movie villain, you would make Nancy Pelosi. Everything about her is repulsive, and yet she's the most powerful woman in the United States of America. What, Chris? She was born before World War II. Yeah, I think she's 80, dude. She's, she's, she's old. Yeah, she's old. But just, I mean, it's not her age. She's just revolting and the most powerful woman in America. There's not a single person looks at Nancy Pelosi and thinks to themselves, you know, I'd love to go have a beer with her. Not one person's ever said it. Back to your questions. Dear handsome of self-professed oracles, my wife is currently an administrator in an exemplary school district, and we had a friendly debate on school choice on the school choice issue. We have a two-month-old man cub that will be going to that school in a few years. I took the default right-wing position of school choice and argued my side. She said at one point, that if that becomes the commonplace system, the riffraff from the troubled homes, my words, not hers, he says, will leave the bad schools for the good schools, a.k.a. ours, and my child's school would no longer be exemplary. 
Honestly, she had a point. My understanding of the whole issue was pretty shallow, admittedly, but I didn't know how to respond to that. Selfishly, yeah, I wanted the troubled kids to stay in their own troubled schools so they're far away from mine. Does the left really have a solid point there? My concern for other kids' education ends when my child's education begins. Am I as bad a person as you? One, no. Nobody is as bad a person as me. I have told you that a thousand times. I am not a good human being. I'm a bad person. That said, as a man, as a woman, you have an obligation to your family first. Life is all about priorities. Your family first. Have you seen the condition of some of these, especially the urban schools and the poor neighborhoods? Have you ever talked to somebody who's attended these places? It is a life of violence. All of it's violence. You don't go to the bathroom without two or three friends coming along with you because you will get beaten to a bloody pulp there. You can't get into school or out of school without being hurt. It is uh, our buddy Michael Malice, who's on every Monday. He'll be on again Monday at 10.30 a.m. He has a line I'm going to butcher, but he's 100% right about it, that the only real physical violence most people will ever encounter in their lives takes place in government schools. Now, it's not as if a fistfight is the end of the world. We have plenty of fistfights in my school up in Bozeman, Montana. But I'm talking shootings, knifings, and not not a friendly fistfight, jumping and beating somebody unrecognizable, kicking them in the head when they're down, which can kill somebody. No, you don't want those kids in your school. And I want poor kids to have the best education in the world. Obviously, I want every kid to have the best education in the world. I'm not sacrificing my own kids' education for that, and I don't feel even slightly bad about it. I, I, the, the, some of these public schools, the things I've seen, the things teachers will tell me and email me about what goes on in their schools, I would rather throw my kids in the gorilla enclosure in the zoo than send them into some of these schools. And I mean that. I mean that. Dr. Jesse, you appear to have really nice teeth. <laughs> I'm going to assume that you floss. But do you floss before or after brushing? I think most people floss after brushing, not me. I think it makes sense to remove anything between the teeth by flossing beforehand so that you can then clean that area by brushing. What are your thoughts on this controversial issue? All right, Chris, are you ready for this? Everyone ready for this? I get these comments about my teeth, which is hilarious because when I was a kid, I had the worst teeth in the world. I had like the biggest because my teeth are huge, which I grew into because I became huge. But when I was a kid, they were the same size and they were these huge buck teeth. And I had the vampire teeth on the side. I had to get braces. It was a big old mess up there. But everyone ready? I'm about to be judged so hard by everybody. I don't floss. I do not floss. Now, I'm obsessive about making sure I brush my teeth right. And I have one of the electric spinning ones, and I, and I, and I do all, all that to brush my teeth right. I, as you can imagine, I, take, I want to take good care of my teeth because bad breath is like the grossest thing in the world. So I, t- I do take care of my teeth. But here's the thing. Every single time I go to the dentist, the dentist will say something to me like, oh, I can tell you're flossing. And I always say, yep. Working hard at it. 
Just chop it away. It's really important to me. And they always give you the extra thing of floss. Nice. Keep flossing. Keep up the great work. And I'm always like, I got you, Doc. Don't you worry. I don't floss. I don't do it. Chris, you floss? You do floss? I don't do it. Dr. J. Steele. I share your primitive home defense daydreams. I was talking before about I understand it's bad and it's terrible. And, yes, I have guns and whatnot. But... I do have this reoccurring fantasy about somebody breaking in and me having a tomahawk. And I, uh, Chris, don't say why. That's awesome. But anyway, this guy, this guy follows up with this. Not that I would ever, for any reason whatsoever, keep a firearm in my home. I live in an apartment, so that wouldn't be a great idea regarding my neighbors. I do, however, have a Damascus katana. It's sharp as a razor and ready to rock. If someone breaks in, they will have made a huge mistake. One one question, though. Do I slash or do I stab? You stab. Chris, you don't slash, dummy. Listen, the, the goal, if you're in a sword fight, is to get to the vital organs. You get to the vital organs by piercing. You don't get to the vital organs by slashing. What, Chris? I understand a katana is made for slashing and not stabbing. You still want to stab with it, if at all humanly possible. Trust me. Chris, who is the one who dreams of having a katana in the studio? Clearly, I'm the sword expert here. Uh, I, look, if you can slash, look, uh, in all honesty, if it's somebody breaking in your home wanting to do you harm and the opportunity arises to chop his head off, that would be pretty cool. I mean, one of those movie scenes where you're fighting him and all of a the sword gets what, Chris? And the sword gets slashed at the perfect way and shink, his head just goes to, just flat. That would be sweet. I mean, the cleanup after would probably be a disaster. But then afterwards, you could take his head and put it on the front lawn as a message to everybody else. You, yeah, that's probably. T- you know what? This went way too far. This went way too far. We're moving on to a different subject. This email's long, so I'm not going to read it all, but... Jesse, you're the first radio show I've ever felt compelled to email. Why? Because you remind me of myself. We have huge egos, so on and so on and so forth. I have a couple of things I wanted to touch on. First, given what we know about communists and the little habit of silencing dissent, what makes you think they won't shut you down one way or another? I believe you're underestimating their power and resolve. They're laying the groundwork to criminalize dissent. He's, he's talking about them coming for me. Buddy, they are coming for me. They've already gunned for me several times. There's going to be a day you're going to turn on the radio and I'm not going to be here anymore. That's just life. Until then, we march on. All right. Soccer moms and Joe Biden. Let's talk. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. You know the Eden Pure Thunderstorm? You know what people are saying about it? Allergies. I bought this product to help with my wife's recent allergic reaction to our cat. After using this for a few days, she's been back to normal. Highly recommend. Air is cleaner and smells are gone. Subject. Works for me. The air in the room is fresher and my allergies are less bothersome. Subject, outstanding product. I love these things. They will take the odor out of most anything. 
They have helped my allergies as well. Thanks for a great product. I have dozens and dozens and dozens of dozens of these things. Dozens of them. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm works. And it's not just for allergies, although that's really why I love it so much. Those smells, gone. Say goodbye to pet odor ever again. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout. That gets you 10 bucks off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Do not forget to follow me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram, on Facebook. I'm also on Locals. Remember, I'm gonna get I'm, I'm gonna get kicked off at some point in time. It's just inevitable, but that's life. We move on. Chris wants to know why more people don't know about jalapenos and pepperoni on pizza. Everyone knows about pepperoni, but why don't more people add jalapenos? And shockingly, Jewish producer Chris is right about this. By the way, there's no way pepperoni pizza is kosher, Chris. There's no way you're supposed to be allowed to eat that. Are you even? Are you people even allowed to eat pepperoni? No, you're not. Jeez, Chris. Anyway, anyway, here's why people don't know about jalapenos on pizza. The word jalapeno intimidates people. They think they're hotter than they are. And they can be spicy, but they're not that bad. Jalapenos have such an incredible flavor to them. I add them to everything. I had a gigantic chili cheese dog for dinner last night, and I added jalapenos to it. Oh, my gosh. It was one of the best things I've ever eaten in my entire life. Jalapenos, I chop them up, and I'll put them in scrambled eggs. They're in all the queso I make. You can add jalapenos to anything. You know my world-famous burgers, Chris? And I do have world-famous burgers. If you're looking to make the best cheeseburger ever, I might give out the recipe again on the air next week. I don't have time today. I have too many questions to get through. If you're looking for it before then, I have a video of me telling you how to make it on my Instagram page. At Jesse Kelly DC. It's like a four-part video. Don't worry. It's easy to watch. They're all right there. Do exactly as I tell you to do, and you will have the greatest cheeseburger ever. But I've added uh, chopped up jalapenos to my burger recipe before. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Email. Emperor of all. Dr. Jesse, are the soccer moms still happy that they voted for Biden and there is no more mean tweets? Second question, was suffrage a mistake? One, obviously suffrage was a huge mistake, a humongous mistake. Allowing women to vote has been the biggest disaster in the history of Western society. And I understand I'm going to get email after email after email about how unfair that is and how I'm I'm a monster and stuff like that. Okay, well, the proof is in the pudding. Look at the growth of government before and after the 19th Amendment. It's not arguable. It should be one vote per household in this country, period. End of story. The truth is men and women are different. One is not better than the other. I'm not saying that. Men and women are different. And women will vote for, and not all of them, so I don't need your emails yelling, but women will vote for protection. They will vote for protection. Some of the most conservative women I know, I'll hear them say things about, there'll be a new 
terrible drug out or something terrible. The government should ban that. Well, why doesn't the government, the government should, the government should, somebody should, that, that desire for protection. And it's more emotional. So when something like uh, coronavirus happens, they do want someone to do something. And half the men in this country think like women now anyway. They're the same way. Ah, ah, we have to panic and do something. It's terrible. I've told you this story before. I live in an extremely Republican area, an extremely Republican area. My neighborhood is, they're virtually all Republicans. There are a couple Democrats in there, but we avoid them like the plague. It's all Republicans. And leading up to the election, obviously the political talk always ramps up. And whenever I walk in, everybody knows what I do. So if they have a political question, they ask me, and that's fine. I get that. That's fine. And political topics are always ramping up. You cannot imagine how much the Republican neighborhood women hated Donald Trump. They looked like they were going to throw up whenever he was brought up. And you would bring up things like this because we're all friends. You'd bring up things like, okay, well, what, what about the great economy? And we're doing good things on the border and the foreign policy stuff. And you would hear things that just dumbfounded me. But human nature, human beings are different. They would say things that I just he's so rude. Okay. Yeah, he's a jerk. What, what does that have to do with anything? Oh, I just ugh, I can't believe those tweets. And this was not a one or two women thing. This was almost universal in my neighborhood. Republican women. It's, look, you can yell at me all you want. It's fine. I, it doesn't bother me. The proof's in the pudding. They have those maps out there. Go look at those maps on what the electoral map of the United States looks like if only men voted versus only women voted. The one with only women, all blue. The one with only men, all red. It has doomed us. It has absolutely doomed us, period. Oh, wonderfully awesome Oracle Jesse. Still loving your show on the drive home from work at night. We need a tiebreaker at work. Which is a better sandwich? Peanut butter and banana or peanut butter and dill pickle? You can say my name on the air. Her name is Mary from Bell. If you eat dill pickles on a peanut butter sandwich, you are a psychopath. Come on, Mary. It's peanut butter and banana. Even better, though, it's good old-fashioned peanut butter and jelly. I don't know why people feel like they have to introduce a bunch of new stuff. I will tell you this. I have grilled a peanut butter and banana sandwich before. You make it hot and get the peanut butter melty. Make it just like a grilled cheese. Oh, my gosh. It's really, 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 really good. What, Chris? If you're going to do that, why not just have a grilled cheese? That's actually a fair question because melted cheese makes everything better. But maybe you're in the mood for peanut butter. Don't, don't question me, Dr. Jesse. What if red states created a new mandatory f- curriculum for states required requiring firearms training beginning sophomore year? There are requirements for other things and blah, 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 blah. Okay, yes, absolutely. I, I think there should be mandatory curriculum for men to take boxing classes. I do. That used to be, you know, that that's not a radical. That used to be part of America's school system, boxing. I, I think it would, I think you'd have a lot less school shootings. Get out that male aggression. You have a problem, fine, not the end of the world. In a relatively safe environment, put on some gloves, get in the ring, go work it out. When you're done, almost always, you'll hug it out after and everything's fine. You pop your nose, get a bloody nose a little bit, maybe a little bloody lip, not the end of the world. Call it a day. 
Instead, no, we have to have an anti-bullying program. Make sure you tell the teacher when the bully's being mean on you. Well, okay, now all you've done is you've taken away any outlet for that kid to actually do something about it that's in a relatively healthy way, and it's pent up, and it's pent up, and it's pent up, and it's pent up, and soon that nut job comes to school with a gun and starts shooting everybody. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Jesse, at the dinner table, my sons came up with an alternate saltwater crocodile fighting strategy only the amazing Jesse Kelly could pull off. Considering the downward bite force of a crocodile is significant, the boys wanted you to avoid the teeth altogether. When the crocodile opens its jaws and lunges toward you, you jump in feet first, locking your arms out straight, making your body into a letter T. You hold the croc's jaws wide open with your fists of steel and choke the croc from the inside with your feet. You will win and wear your croc head cloak forever. That's actually a really solid point, Chris. It's a solid. Yes, it is. I may have just changed my whole saltwater crocodile fighting strategy. Dr. Jesse, question though. What currently living creature would be the biggest menace to humanity if it was winged? We are avid desert hikers and always need to scan for snakes. Every time we see a rattler on a trail, I think at least it can't fly. Love your show and listen to the entire program every day. My answer is going to be different than what you think because automatically you're thinking to yourself like snakes or spiders or even a, a, a tiger or something like that. You know what would be the worst? An elephant. And this is what, no, hear me out. Hear me out. I'm not going full depth. What, Chris? See, you haven't thought this through. See, Chris hasn't thought this through. You know, when we get back, I'm going to explain why an elephant would be the absolute worst winged animal out there, a menace to society. Hang on. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that we can give our daughters everything they need to grow and learn. But not every child can focus on classes and play dates. Nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. face hunger. That's one in six. School lunch might be their only meal each day, and it's heartbreaking to imagine any child going to bed hungry. We're dreaming of a perfect day when kids can smile, play, and just be kids without worrying about where their next meal will come from. Feeding America is working to make that perfect day a reality. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. That food is given to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about doing things that make an ordinary day extraordinary. Learning to play an instrument, building a sandcastle, hosting tea parties. Hunger should never be an obstacle to growing up. You can help end childhood hunger in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Oh my 
You're having you fun are. with your family. In the meantime, you're having all kind of other bullshit. Are you a little too drunk? No, no, I'm not drunk. As a matter of fact, well, can you put your mask on. Please? You can go yourself. How's that? Well, I don't need a mask on. You know why I don't need a mask? Because there ain't nothing like wrong with me. I like your Trump. Phone. You're right. You Guess who Trump likes? He likes my dad. Yeah, yeah, he do no, he doesn't like your. Oh, he, he does. Thank you. Let's go. Thank you. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. It is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. And man, are we churning and burning today. I'm actually getting through a lot of questions today. Dear Dr. Jesse, if there is another 9-11 attack or worse, would America find her patriotism? No, absolutely not. No. Patriotism is something you have or you do not. Either you have an inherent love and appreciation for your country, or you don't. I have brought this up before, and people think I'm just trying to say it for shock value on the radio. If China lands an army on the shores of Southern California 10 minutes from now, and they start killing and raping and pillaging and working their way east across the country— Within five minutes, there would be multiple news outlets praising them for it in America. There would be. I'm not exaggerating. There would be. We have been so infected in what's that word our great ex-KGB guy Yuri Bezmenov uses? Demoralized. Half this country hates this country. They do. Half this country despises it. Now, that's not the end of the world. Half of it still loves it, but it is it is the end of a country. You don't that's why I talk about national divorce all the time. You cannot, it's not possible to continue like that. You can't. Even in uh, uh I made my boys when I was looking up some stuff for Bay of Pigs last night, because that's what we opened our history show with today. And you can catch it if you missed any part of it. Uh, the whole show's podcast that I heart Google, Spotify, and iTunes. The whole thing will be there. But, but I made my boys, and I do this a lot, I made them stop whatever they were doing and come watch something with me on it. And they hate it and they groan, but I don't care. I want them in there learning some things about history. But uh, John F. Kennedy comes on as, as, as we're watching some stuff on it. And my oldest son, who now is very aware that we are on the right and we are not on the left, I mean, they're both very aware of it. JFK comes on, and my son says, Democrat. And I say, well, hold up, hold up, son. Democrats back then were a lot different than Democrats are now. I, I may not have been a huge John F. Kennedy fan back then. I, I, who knows? Probably would have voted for Nixon. Maybe not, though. But you could find yourself voting for a Democrat easily back then with the values they held. And there was always... Always, always a strong patriotism vibe to both parties. Both parties were running to try to out-patriot each other. I love America more than you love America. No, I love it the most. We just had a presidential election. 19,000 candidates in the, in the Democratic side. Tell me one time, one time, you saw the Democrats, any one of them, Talk about how much they loved the country. One time. 
You can't. Yeah, Chris just brought up they had to be shamed into flying American flags at their convention. You realize the Democratic Party had a huge national convention and nobody put a flag up? That's not a small thing. That's the end of America. It just is. No, if we had another 9-11 attack tomorrow, half the country would think to themselves, good, we deserve it. And before you hate on them, and I do hate communism, before you hate on them, you have to understand this, and this is tough. They were taught that. You either learn uh, an appreciation and love of your country, or you learn to hate it. Our government schools teach people that America is an evil, racist, sexist, terrible place. And so they grow up, and that's how they live their life. They live their life walking around totally sure that the place they live in is you not just evil, uniquely evil, and frankly, deserves to either be brought down a few notches or cease to exist at all. Half this country would be rooting for the Chinese if they landed on the shores tomorrow. And that's a fact. That's a fact. Oh, great wise one. I enjoy all aspects of your show formats. One idea or question, can you do a show on who sold slaves to America back when it was illegal? We always hear about how slavery made America evil, yet negative comments never seem to scold those who sold slaves from Africa to them landing in America. Who was in Africa profiting from this? What countries were involved? It had to be a massive operation. I'm 44 years old, and I have yet to, I have never found out a lengthy write-up on this topic. Thank you for your time and blessing my life with knowledge. I actually probably should do a show on this. And you know what's funny? You can't find a write-up on the topic because all our history books now, not all of them, but most of them are written, again, by people who've learned to hate America in government schools, and they're not going to write about the fact that it was Africans selling Africans into slavery in Africa. It just was. Now, that doesn't make them uniquely evil either. Slavery is an ugly but natural part of the history of the world. I am glad for the most part it's been eradicated now because it's disgusting, but it's not uniquely American at all. No matter who you are, someone in your heritage and your history has been a slave. And almost undoubtedly, someone in your heritage and your history has owned one. That's the history of the world. Going back to all of recorded history, they talk about slaves, slavery, in mass. It's not unique to anybody. It's the history of the world. Dr. Jesse, in February 2003, Fox TV aired Celebrity Boxing featuring Tanya Harding and Paula Jones in short order. If you and Jewish producer Chris promoted a 2021 celebrity boxing, which public figures would you feature? (sighs) For one, I don't Now, This is not to disparage female MMA fighters or boxers at all because they're tough as nails and that's what they chose to do. I do not enjoy watching women fight each other. And I know there are a bunch of MMA fans and I love MMA that love that and they're impressed by it and, and boxing. I think it's terrible. I don't like seeing women hit each other. If you guys want to wrestle around a little bit, it's not that it's quit, Chris. But in all seriousness, I, I don't like seeing women like that. I love watching dudes fight. I, I do not enjoy watching women do that at all. So it would definitely be dudes. 
Oh man, celebrity celebrity fight. Mm. What, Chris? Jeez, Chris, that's dark. Chris just said Biden versus Fauci, not old people, man. You know, you you can't, dude. You would somebody would get seriously hurt. Someone would get hurt getting in the ring. So, oh man, no, he said not Biden versus. I don't know about politicians. Hmm. You know what? I would want to see professional athletes, but not boxers or MMA guys. I would want to see uh, LeBron James take on a, a an offensive or defensive lineman from the NFL. I would want to see it. I want to see how it would go. I would want to see a professional athlete who can move. You know, he can move. He's got some skill to him at all. Let's go have a big old fight and let's see who does it. It would definitely be an athlete for me. For sure. For sure. All right. We have one more segment. I have a stack still. I'm going to try to churn and burn through this stack until I get distracted. Hang on. Quitting dipping sucks. I, I wish I didn't have to be that direct about it, but you know how I am. It's just not fun when you're trying to quit dipping tobacco because it becomes part of your routine. I, I don't know how it works for you, but for me, it was always either post-workout or post-meal. Post-meal, I would go throw a dip in my lip. And so when I was trying to quit, that's when it got me. Get done eating a meal. Oh, okay, I, I want one. But I had nothing to put in there. I had nothing to replace it with. So everything else I tried, it didn't do it until I found Jake's Mint Chew. Jake's Mint Chew is tobacco-free. Jake's Mint Chew is nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And yet it gives me something to put in my lip to get me off of it. It works. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout. That gets you 20% off. Jesse Kelly returns next. It is the Jesse Kelly show. 877-377-4373. It's been an awesome ask Dr. Jesse Friday. As I told you, it was. If you missed our Bay of Pigs history story in the beginning, just go catch the podcast after the show is done. As you know, Jewish producer Chris and I, we have some high-level conversations during the breaks. We're talking about lots of technical stuff and important issues, and he asked me what the best side was to have with chicken wings. And I'm, I'm just dumbfounded how many people do not realize this. The best side with chicken wings is garlic bread. It's garlic bread. One, garlic bread is basically heaven anyway. Two, it is a perfect counter to the kind of spicy, kind of tangy wing. You take the garlic bread while you're eating your wings and you dip it in the wing sauce and the ranch or blue cheese, whatever you eat your wings with. There's there's always that wing sauce, blue cheesy mixture on the plate. You sop it up with the garlic bread and eat the garlic bread with it. Trust me on this. Chris, believe me, you're having wings tonight. Do me a favor and do this and then come back with an honest report on Monday. 
You use a dry rub for your wings. Okay, well, if you're stupid, that's not my problem. Okay, use regular wing sauce. Gosh. Dr. Jesse, if you were independently wealthy and not tied to much of anything in the U.S. other than your patriotism, where would you consider relocating outside the U.S.? I understand Italy won't be on that list. The U.S. has a chance to rebuild, but it's looking less and less likely every day. My friend is a 50-year-old male, never married, hence the wealth, he says, and doesn't know any foreign languages. Asking seriously for my friend. If I was a 50-year-old single dude, I'll be honest with you, man. I'd probably go buy a beach house in Mexico. I mean, I, I love Mexico. Mexico, now I understand, I'm not defending their government system down there. And it's, it's run by the narco-terrorists. It really is. And it is a very violent, horribly corrupt place. And bribery just has to become part of your way of life down there. I personally have bribed a cop in Mexico before. My buddy was getting ready to get sent to a Mexican jail for uh, peeing in the parking lot. And I just had to pull out some cash and bribe the cops. And they, they let him go. And that, that's just how you have to conduct your business down there. You would have to move in and bribe a couple local politicians and stuff like that. Bribe the police chief. Make sure. However, I love the Mexican people. Uh, you're a single dude. Mexican chicks are smoking hot. The food is outstanding. Uh, the service attitude is outstanding. The beer is outstanding. The beaches are like the best in the world. I love Mex- uh, Mexican music is awesome. Who listens to Mexican music like that mariachi music and is still in a bad mood? You can't listen to it and not just instinctively move your head. I would move to Mexico in a heartbeat, man. Well, I shouldn't say in a heartbeat. I don't want to move to Mexico. But it's one of those things you think about. You th- every guy does this. You think about what if I make it big one day? What, what would I do with it? And it, since you know I'm not a big stuff guy. I don't have boats and cars and stuff. It's just not stuff I take priority in. I don't have expensive taste. I could see me having a second house one day in some place really cool like Mexico. Uh, my buddy, I, I brought him up a couple times today, Michael Berry, one time, I forget when this was, a few years ago, took a month off. I actually think maybe he did his show from there, but took a month and went down to Mexico in some Mexican beach town and rented a house on the beach down there. And for an absurdly small amount of money, they had a maid cleaning their house. They had a cook. They walked down to the local Mexican grocery store, picked up fresh food every day. Kids are out there scuba diving and snorkeling. That's a cool life, man. That is a really cool life. And if you're a 50-year-old single dude, Go down there and enjoy some enchiladas. Find yourself a Mexican woman and enjoy the rest of your life, buddy. Put a ring on her finger. Maybe even crank out a couple kids. Although that may be getting that may be getting old to crank out kids. What, Chris? Well, I mean, seventy at your high school graduation is tough. That's tough. either way. Doctor, dear, dear Jesse, I have a hypothetical question for you about the Indians. For the sake of this question that all the Indian tribes are on good terms with each other. Here's a scenario. Let's use the year 1700s. All the Indians from the Atlantic to the Pacific decide they have had enough of France, Spain, and now Britain on lands, so they decide to band together and drive everyone out. They decide to make the best traits from each tribe to teach everyone else. What traits would you pick, and how formidable would that army be? Love the show. Keep on keeping on. Well, one, the one trait you want 
without question, is the Comanche's ability on the back of a horse. Comanches were infamous for that. They, they stood up to the U.S. Army for a time. They were so good. They're, the Comanche Empire was gigantic. I love Apaches, too. The Comanches ran the Apaches west. The Apaches were like, okay, screw this. I'm leaving. Now, that said, the Indians still don't win that. They have a better shot. They still don't win that. Oh, don't get me wrong. They would have the skill to do it. It was the disease that got them. We'll never know the numbers, especially because our twisted-up anti-American history will lie about it anyway. But we do know the numbers are gigantic of Indians that died before they ever saw a white guy because the white guy brought so many diseases with him that he was immune to when they simply were not. Whole tribes were just gone, just simply wiped out. They had no chance because of the disease. One more little segment and then we're done. Hang on. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Apparently, Jewish producer Chris is anti-blue cheese and anti-ranch, so what is the point of even eating chicken wings if you're anti-everything you dip them in? Setting that aside, let's try to get one more question in here. Is the idea to get rid of police or reimagine policing just the cover for eliminating local police forces and establish a national police force? No. This elimination of police... Reimagine policing, defund the police, is to do exactly what we talked about earlier in the show. To create a situation where enough people are completely miserable and desperate because you must be in a place of misery and desperation before you will ever even consider accepting communism. If it seems like they're trying to wreck the place, it's because they're trying to wreck the place. That's how they work. It has been an awesome Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. That's all.
Jesse Kelly Show. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. Hero first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country. Those who die in the line of duty or are catastrophically injured. Veterans who fought for our nation's freedoms only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo, New York firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community, battling a warehouse fire. He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel to Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home. The foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes, the families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young children, catastrophically injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash jesse.